Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you taking my podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, if you're new, this is it. This is the podcast. It's me, 20, 30 minutes, talking about um, being a dad, comedy on the road, my life, therapy, um, transitioning from being in the military for 20 years and slowly figuring out who the fuck I am. And just my journey, man. So just a lot of shit. It covers a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'm pissed. It's just I enjoy doing it. People like it. So welcome. All right, make sure you tell a friend, enemy, coworker, tell somebody about the podcast. I appreciate uh, all the listens, the downloads. I'm seeing a, a, a nice uptick, man, so I'm just going to keep pushing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, man, <clears throat> so I'll jump right in. I got a late start today. I got to go pick my son up in like 30 minutes, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> Actually, you know How did I forget? I'm going to go with my milestone for the week. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's nothing. And right now, I got to say, my baby boy is in a great place. Uh, he's he's doing well. He's he's super confident right now. And all I can say is I'm really proud of him. Um, he's been off one of his medications for about a – this will be his second week. It was a little rough for him getting to sleep without it for a little while. But now he's getting better, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's going well for him. But I will say this is this is a challenging part for me. I have to re- repeat to myself every day, all day, to handle people with patience, grace, and gr- grace and patience, grace and patience, patience and grace. I always say that. So there. Uh, there gets to be a part of the night to where, like, he, my son can become very uh, emotional and, and, and very needy and very um, kind of babyish in a way. You know, where he wants to he wants to snuggle and nuzzle and he really won't speak very much. It's just like a, um, I, I don't know what it is, but every night he goes to this for about a half hour to 45 minutes and... It's funny because around this same time of night is where I start to run thin on patience and grace because I've been repeating it to myself all day. But and I know this is the challenging part of my day. I have to get through this by being patient and showing my son grace because that's exactly what he needs. It's just a tough period where the medicine is wearing off. He could be very ir- irritable. Uh... It's just a lot going through his body at the time when he comes down for this medication. And it could be it could be a bit much at times. But I had to tell myself not too long ago, like, hey, man, you've always said you wanted him to be more affectionate. This is the time that he's doing that. Yeah, this isn't the best time for you mentally, but this is best, uh, definitely the best time for you to truly exercise that patience and grace with your son. It's like my mom told me a, a while ago, and I, I find this to be true. And and it, this is not to knock anybody who gives anything. But she was telling me, like, uh, her pastor had told her, like, true giving isn't until you give until it hurts. Like, that's the real giving. Like, if you have a million dollars and you give 
fifty thousand dollars. It's like that was very, very nice of you. No one can really say anything. But it's just like true giving is putting yourself in a position to where like, man, I could have kind of used that. And I know we have to be very, very careful doing that because you don't want to put yourself out. Uh, you know, you want to make sure your bills and stuff are paid. But like, um, like the true giving is when it's gonna hurt you to a degree. Like that's a that's a real sacrifice. That's really giving. And I tell myself, hey, this really isn't the time where I have enough in the tank to give. You know, I'm trying to get through my night without getting irritated and saying the wrong thing and snapping and just just saying something in the moment that I don't uh, that I shouldn't. You know, just being irritated. We all go through it. And it's been a great exercise, man. Just just recognizing like, hey, I know your tank's low right now, but you really have to exercise the patient graces. Pace. Uh, oh, my God. The grace and patience. This is this is the time like that's the true test. And I feel like uh, I've been doing OK. Now, in my mind, I might, I might be doing OK, but it might be very apparent to my wife or to my son. That. uh I'm probably a little irritated. <laughs> so it might I might think I'm doing a good job, but to them I might not be doing as well as I thought. But I'm I'm really, really working on it. Other than that, man, he's doing he's doing so well. I'm very, very proud of him. And uh it's it's a trying time for myself as well. And uh I feel like we're we're making a lot of progress and I'm just I'm very, very proud of my son. Uh so I, I saw this news story real quick. I don't really know who this woman is. But I just I thought this shit was kind of funny. Uh, her name is I'm probably gonna fuck the her last name up. But her name is Ariana the 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 Bose the Bose the Bose I don't know Ariana the Bose. Apparently she was in the West Side Story, uh, and she was performing at the BAFTA Awards, which is basically the British version of the Oscars. And apparently she's a singer, rapper, or whatever. Uh, and I guess she started to she rapped some whack lyrics at this performance. So I guess it was so bad in her mind that she immediately just deleted. <laughs> she deleted her Twitter account. Right here. Yeah. Uh, despite deleting her Twitter account following Saturday's dis- disastrous performance, the West Side Story star took to her Instagram Monday to share a quote in an apparent attempt to message. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, an apparent message to attempt apparent attempt to message her critics. I am really fucking this up. Um, but man, see, that's, that's how fucked up Twitter is. All right. For you to perform and come off stage and immediately just delete, delete your Twitter. Not even, not even just, Deleted off your phone. Deleted the account. I mean, just shut it down. Like, that's how mean Twitter is. Like, I feel like Twitter now, you know, back in the day in school, you either had like that certain corner or street or hallway or whatever it was, certain area of the mall where all the, the bigger kids or the bullies hung out at. That's Twitter. Twitter is that, that senior hallway. Twitter is that is that part at the park where you know there's a certain type of kids where if you go over there they're gonna take your bike they're gonna start a fight they're gonna talk shit 
You know what I'm talking about. Just that that gauntlet that you do not want to go through. Right? If you, if you knew all the bullies lived on this street, you would walk all the way around. You would use a shortcut. That's what she did. She was like, I am deleting Twitter. She knew. She knew that Twitter was going to eat her ass up. And that that's crazy to a point now where if you do something so bad, you just delete the account because you know everybody's going to be on your ass. Um, but look, as a performer, we all have these performances. We all, uh, suffer from just a bad performance and hearing criticism is tough. I'm a nobody, man. The the last time I, I truly like really ate it and was mad. I talked about it on this podcast. It was probably about a, a year or some change, maybe even less than a year. Uh, but I went to, um, Fayetteville, North Carolina, man. Drove six, seven hours down there. Beautiful room. I was excited. Get up there. And for 30 minutes, I am treading water, man. I'm just trying to keep my head afloat. There's probably like 12 people in this crowd. A crowd was over. You had a a, a group over here. You had a, a, a couple of people here, one there. I mean, groups sitting way in the back in the last row. It was just not a great uh, setup for me. It was it was not it was not good. I couldn't pick up any momentum, no steam. It's a military town. I tried my military shit. They didn't care. It's just I had nowhere to go, man. And I got my check and I got the fuck out of there. I mean, it was so bad. I I contemplated just driving home that same night. So I get it. It's it's funny, but I I get it. I almost just turned around and just made it a, a fourteen hour day. So I, I get it, man. But to just just to know that it was bad enough to where, like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and delete an entire uh, an, a social media platform account. I mean, so, but I mean, she's obviously talented, man. She was in the West Side Story, so it, it's just uh, it's just the shit that that uh, people who performers and actors and people who do shit in the public eye have to put up with, man. It's just <laughs> people are so mean. And, uh, yeah, she was like, you know what? Fuck that. I don't want to hear it. And I, I can't blame her. I can't blame her. She got the, she, she took her bike and she rode Oh, she took the long way home. She took the long way. She was like, I'm not going down there. I don't need it. I'm going around. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wonder how bad it really was. I, I, I got to see it, but, uh, bad rap is ugh, bad rap is not fun to watch. It's, it's, it's really bad. But uh, sp- oh, speaking of bad, uh, look, I love the NBA. I love NBA All-Star Weekend. But they got to stop with the skills challenge. It's just, it's it's not good. It's, it's boring. And then you got to hand these guys a trophy and act like, like, act like it's a big deal. No one cares about that trophy, man. Well, y'all got y'all to gotta figure something else out. Y'all gotta figure something else out for that for that man. I, I don't know what it could be, um, but yeah, the skills challenge needs to go. Uh, I would also like to see some professional dunkers. The dunk contest this year was pretty dope. Matt McClung won. Uh, I feel like it was fixed. You had to have a white boy win in Utah. I feel like the Mormon church paid for them to win, for him to win. Uh, I feel like Philadelphia bought him up 
brought him up just to be in the dunk contest because he spent most of his pro career in the G League. And I remember Mac McClung from some years back from his um, YouTube videos and his uh, Twitter dunks and shit. So it's really cool to see this young dude, man. He His, his journey from high school to uh, – where did he go? Georgetown. Then he went to Texas Tech. And I want to say he played for the Lakers for a little bit. But he's been in the G League most of his career. Uh, and uh, it was just cool to see this, somebody like him win, man. I mean, he's six foot, six three, going up against dudes, six six, six eight, six nine. I mean, prime talent. And look, man, I thought it was great. But all this, all this talk of like, oh, he a great dunker. You got to bring him in the league. If he was good enough to be in the league, he would be in the league on a consistent basis. I mean, he's 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 very, very gifted athletically, but again, all those dudes are. I mean, he's six foot three, he can jump out the gym, but at the end of the day, he's not gonna be able to do that shit every single play. Giannis can't do that shit every play. He ain't doing he ain't dunking on everybody every single play. I just I just don't know what other skill that he, he has that that would make him ex- exceptional. He he's missing something. That it's something not in this game that's keeping him off the professional floor. But uh, maybe maybe this will give people um, a, a different perspective. Maybe they'll look at him a little bit differently. He is he is a, a Virginia a Virginia kid. Uh, I've been living here in Virginia for about almost ten years now. So uh, yeah, it's just um, it's just wild to think that some kid from some shithole town in, in Virginia. Just, I mean, the only athletic kid within a white kid within probably a hundred mile radius. Thank God for the internet, <laughs> because ain't no telling what happened to him in '94. Actually, you know what? People would have got word of him. He might, he might have, he might have been better off if this was 20 years ago. But you, you never know. But uh, yeah, man, just four years of just dunking on a bunch of nobody white kids and going to college and bouncing around a little bit. Uh yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um skills challenge has to go. I want to see professional dunkers. Look, the pros are great, but it's not what they do. It's not what they do. I've seen some some dope ass professional dunkers on uh TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, just all over the internet. And look, I don't think they should be able to win an NBA dunk contest trophy, but they need to be included some Somehow, somehow they should be included. I'm thinking maybe like some type of national dunk contest between the the top dunkers across the, across America. Uh, we can even go international if you want to. Uh, actually, you know what? They probably should just to fill the time. Go international. Maybe maybe when you take the uh, the skills challenge out, do something international. I would say do something international. Uh, so I would want to see some type of either national or international dunk contest where they get maybe the top, uh, I don't know, 50 dunkers. And they doing it down, and somehow they show us a distilled version of that. And then in the end, you get to see these top three people go after it, go after each other. Somebody wins, and then that person gets to be uh, a part of the NBA dunk contest. 
Maybe the person who wins the dunk contest, they get to go up against them. Maybe they get to go up against the losers. But I feel like they should be involved somehow. A lot of these dudes have big social media followings. They will be recognizable to a lot of basketball fans. Uh, I, I think that would be dope. Uh, I think some type of um, – I can't think of the white kid who does all the imitations of, like, Zion. I think somehow getting a lot of the, the social media NBA influencers uh, – and I know they have the celebrity game, but I think if you got that dude to do his impression somehow of players, uh, the other white kid who does like the wild-ass trick shots, I don't know how well that would play in front of a, a live audience, but just just something because the skills challenge has to go. Uh, I would be cool with even some of the best street ballers. I mean, even like a, a, a short game of them with them. Like, has he got – you got uh, – you got, uh, what's his name, uh, Frank Nitty. I would like to see a lot of these dudes play on the big stage. A lot of them played in college. They played pro ball overseas. I think uh, some type of game with uh, with them. Maybe like uh, the, 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 the top Instagram ballers against um, rookies or dudes that don't play much in the league. Something. We need something different. And I think the way to do that is to incorporate uh, the social media influencers somehow i think that would really pick things up but uh i get some people might not want to do that because you have professional basketball players and then you have and i don't mean to do this shit but you also have the instagram people over here and the social media influencers but i mean hey we are where we are man if you want to make the game bigger you got to meet the people where they are um but yeah it was uh, really dope to see. I, I really enjoyed the three-point contest. Uh, Dame Lillard, Lillard is insane. I got to say this too, man. I've been – I feel like I'm so lucky as a basketball fan, even though for the last 10 years or so I haven't been in the game, into the game as much as I used to be. But um, I've been really fortunate to be able to see all the players I've seen, man, from, from the, the very tail end of the Magic Johnson's career – um, a little bit of bird, but these those dudes were, were old. I don't know, I don't even think Dr. J. Uh, when did Dr. J. retire? Let me look it up real quick. But I don't I don't I can't say I remember Dr. J. playing. Dr. J. retire. Retirement year. I'm thinking like eighty five, eighty seven. Okay, so I might have seen a couple games, but I was seven years old. Not. Um, not into basketball that much, so I was around, likely saw a little bit, but uh, I've just been fortunate, man, from, you know, uh, Magic Johnson to, to uh, Michael Jordan, getting to see Kobe, Allen Iverson, um, just now I'm, I, we're getting to see Steph Curry, uh, Dame Lillard, LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, it's just... Uh, I'm going to get to see this Victor kid come in the league. Just just seeing the league, how much has grown. And I, I feel like I've gotten to see some of the best players to ever play. Because I, I remember some years back when they came out with the top 50 players of all time. So many of those dudes came from the era I grew up in. And I'm just, just very, very fortunate to see that. And then to see these new dudes coming up. And it's just getting – they're getting better and better. I mean, Dame Lillard's range is – it's it's cartoonish. What Steph Curry does with the ball, it's it's insane. Kyrie, best dribbler of all time. I finally had to just say, you know what? I love Jamal Crawford, but I just it's it's Kyrie. 
I mean, just to see the level of skill I've, I've been able to see uh, the last 30 years watching basketball, man, it's been really, really dope. Uh, just it, it, The gameplay has changed so much, and it, it's really fascinating to see how global it's gone. And I, I'm, I'm interested, interested to see what it's going to look like in five years, in 10 years, and 15 years when it truly is a, a global game. Um, so I mentioned last week that uh, I wanted to talk about Bill Russell. And, look, I'm not going to uh, do his legacy uh, <laughs> uh, any any good but the little bit of shit I'm going to say. But, look, Boston was one of those teams I always kind of, like, like to see lose. I kind of always saw them as, like, this uh, racist white American team, if I'm being honest. Uh, that's kind of how it was given. That's how I kind of um, – I was introduced to them and watching the 30 for 30, the Lakers uh, uh, Celtics miniseries documentary. Uh, I, I see where that, where that came from. And, but they didn't really get into a lot of uh, in particulars about one player. It was more uh, franchise kind of history. I and mean, they talked about Bill Russell and all this kind of stuff. But one, let me say I'm from Rochester. Back in the day, actually, was it was it Bill Russell? So we had a team back. Actually, it wasn't. Back in the day, Rochester had the team, the Rochester Royals. Somehow, this front office guy from the Boston Celtics con convinced the Rochester Royals front office, hey, do not pick Bill Russell. If you don't pick him, we will send you guys the ice capades. And I remember as a kid in Rochester going to see the Ice Capades, and I always wondered, like, why the fuck do they come here? So I guess at the time in the 50s or whatever, uh, the Ice Capades were it's one of the biggest traveling shows in America. It was a big money maker, and uh, it was a huge incentive not to take them. So the Rochester Royals did not take Bill Russell. Didn't take Bill Russell. One of the the, wing, the winningest guy in NBA history. We, we did not take him to get ice skating. <laughs> so, eleven rings, thirteen seasons, uh, two as a coach. Uh, look, man, that guy. I, I I knew that Bill Russell had to have faced a lot of racism and all this type of shit. One, it's Boston. You're talking the '60s. But just watching this documentary, man, after this guy had won championships for this team, they would they would harass him in, in his own neighborhood. He would go on vacation, come back to a vandalized home. They shit in this man's bed after he won championships for them. They shit in this man's bed. You can't get any lower than that to shit in another grown man's bed. They would harass his family when he was out of town, but they would never do this shit when he was here. Um, I also love the fact that that guy, he gave a voice to the voiceless. He always knew he had a bigger purpose than basketball. And I have to be completely honest. I used to kind of like eh, give that look kind of like, uh, I don't know why y'all shitting on Jordan like this. But when you really look into the history of uh, professional sports, especially when it comes to black athletes and the stuff that, you know, they had to endure, they had to put up with the times they didn't play, the shit they had to put up with. It's just all that. And um, and look, 
I get it. I was at a point in my life where like I wasn't gonna step out and say much either. But I was in the military and I was like, hey, that's just really just not my thing. I, and it, it was something I could not do at the time anyway. Could not do it. But if I'm being honest, I love Michael Jordan. It really just took it took me a long time to really just come to terms with the fact that like LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, and I'm a Kobe fan. But I always show respect to Jordan. But watching LeBron in this uh, all-star game and when they were like, this is the NBA's all-time leading scorer and I'm just looking at this 38, 39-year-old man, LeBron James, uh, remembering that fresh-faced kid, all the hype, all the anticipation, all the the hopes and dreams of the NBA um, that were poured into him, expected out of him, and just watching him play that all-star game, what is that? What is that? Probably his 18th or 19th, maybe even 20th All Star selection. I I remember seeing Mike play in the twilight of his career, watching him play against Kobe. You know, in those All Star games, and it just really took me back to those times. And I looked at LeBron. And I go, "This is a grown ass man who became the best basketball player that the NBA has ever seen." Man, like that's the guy. He is. He is him. LeBron is that guy. So I say that to say um, the fact that Michael Jordan really didn't do anything socially. He didn't speak up about much at all, man. I have to say it really does knock him down on my uh, list of favorite athletes of all time. I know I've changed. Again, just looking at all the shit that guys like Bill Russell uh, Wilt Chamberlain, all these dudes back in the day, even the women athletes, the stuff that they went through back in the day, all the prejudice, uh, all that type of shit, man. And after doing things for these cities, after ruining their bodies for these cities, after giving their all, you know, winning championships, just just putting up with disrespect, even from their teammates, from the league, just having their skills ignored, not being paid, all that stuff, man. And for Michael Jordan to not really step up, after people had paved the way for him to to uh, make the money and, and have the opportunities that he had, man, it, it knocks him down a little bit. And, and again, like I said, I understand that is not for everybody. But for me, my perspective on a lot of that shit has changed. And uh, I really feel like that man was obligated to say some things at times. And I'll say it one more time. I get it. It's not for everybody. He has a right to say what he wants to say and not say. And I'm not going to uh, say I don't like him or I'm not going to watch him. Or I'm, I'm going to say it diminishes from what he accomplished on the on the field or on the court or whatever the, the field of play is. I'm not going to say it, it took away anything from what they accomplished in their rightful uh, sports. But for me, my personal liking, I'm gonna, that's an asterisk for me. It's just going to move him down. A hey, player-wise, he's still up here. But overall, when it comes when I when, like when I was in the military, they always talk talked about the whole person concept. So when you look at the whole person concept, Michael Jordan, I'm moving him down a little bit. I mean, uh, I, it's just Bill Russell. Just he he just seemed to be a guy of integrity. Uh, he stood up for what was right at a time when like his life was literally on the line, death threats. He stood up for what was right. There were times he did not play. If he couldn't stay at a hotel that his other white teammates could stay in, he wouldn't play. They would call around the league, hey, man, down here is so-and-so. They won't let us play. Y'all shouldn't play tonight. And the other black athletes, they would not play. 
And I, I respect that so much. And that's the thing I really didn't, I didn't really know all of that. Again, I knew they, they dealt with racism, but I didn't know a lot of the specifics. So I understand why a lot of these black athletes now, why they really, why they truly kneel. I supported it to begin with, but now I wholeheartedly fucking support that shit. Because I, I would say five years ago, I would go, hey, they have the right to kneel, but I know me, I would never do that shit. I've changed. I would do that shit in a heartbeat. And I feel like with my 20 years of service to this country, if anybody deserves that right, it's fucking me. Now, anybody can, but I know for me, what I've given up, I for damn sure have the right to kneel doing that motherfucking anthem if I want to. I'll tell you that. And I support anybody else that does it because that's what this country stands for, fucking free speech. Um, but I ain't even going to go down that whole route, route. But Bill Russell, I mean, just just one of my favorite athletes. I got to do more research on him. I want to check out his books, his manuscripts. Um, it's just as a player, as an activist, as a man, uh, one thing I do remember about uh, Bill Russell is it's like just that, that laugh he always had. And it was funny. They actually mentioned it uh, uh, on the documentary that he had that, 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 that cackle. And I just remember watching like NBA today and all that kind of stuff whenever he was on or whenever they did mention him, that, that laugh was something that they always, um, they always mentioned. And just to see the deference that all the players uh, still have for that man, is uh it says a lot about what he what he what he stood for and what he did for uh black people what he did for the game of basketball what he did for the city of boston uh yeah so bill russell definitely a hero man and uh godspeed to him man man <laughs> bill russell well with that being said there's a show that's the show uh make sure you guys follow me on instagram and twitter um yeah I did some shows this past weekend. I did a show in Frederick, Maryland at uh, Cellar Door. I had a great time. Thanks, Ryan Nestor. also did a show Friday in D.C., but the shows run together. To be honest, I can't even remember what that show was, but I remember it being fun. But, uh, yeah, all right, I'm out of here. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Chris Allen Comedy. Like and subscribe. I'm out. Peace.